Broski here, and right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. With me this week are my good friends, Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepaguina, international YouTube superstar, and the European champion from Bangor, Maine. We call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. Uh, did I introduce myself? Because I feel like I don't, I don't even remember so. if I did. <laughs> the goat, Ron Pashery. <laughs> yeah, I am here. Ron Pashery, formerly columnist with TJRWrestling.net. <laughs> uh, so anyway... Uh, the, our show this week, it's just the three of us. Uh, listen to Falls Count Anywhere, The Perfect Edge, Throwback Madness, Unsanctioned. Subscribe on iTunes, five-star ratings and reviews. Uh, YouTube, check out Elroy Preps, and we have some good and entertaining stuff on there. Alo, any merch you would like to move? Yes, you can head over to whatamaneuver.net to embrace the madness, and you also head over to colorandelbow.com. It's prom- promo code MADNESS for 10% off your book. All right. Last week... I think we were all excited at the possibilities of the Superstar shakeup. I can't speak for either one of you. I have not discussed any WWE product with you guys since we left here last Wednesday. This week, I am not nearly as excited as I was last week. Nothing happened. Uh, I feel like they had an opportunity they, there was something to capitalize on last week. A lot of people switched brands. It seemed like, at least in our bubble, a lot of people were excited about some of the moves that were made. And it was just two generic, random, run-of-the-mill shows they threw out there on back-to-back nights, Monday and Tuesday. Tuesday, I personally was watching the Sixers eliminate the Miami Heat from the Eastern Conference playoffs. And I'm sorry, WWE, I did watch your two shows, but... I maybe retained 20% of each of them at best. I There's a couple things that I was like, all right, this is okay. But most of it, most of it I didn't even hate. I was just like indifferent, which is the worst thing you can be. Um, I'm also so annoyed about how they're calling these co-branded pay-per-views. Backlash. It's, you decided to cut costs. It's not some great thing that you co-branded your pay-per-views. It's good for us because it's a little bit less pay-per-views to watch every year. But I'm tired of that phrase. So I'll just start off. The thing I liked most in WWE this week was the Sammy and Kevin show. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you guys agree with me or not. I agree. (laughs) The Miz was great, too. He was, (laughs) as always. That's come to be expected. I know every segment he comes out, I know what I'm getting for the most part. Um... But Sami Zayn just being so over-the-top obnoxious, <laughs> it's my favorite thing right now. I like it just as much as I liked Jason Jordan a few months ago. The reading glasses. <laughs> the reading glasses, the, a, a lot of the theatrics flipping through the legal pad, him bringing up the, the five kids and him saying, oh, let me go to my notes, putting on the glasses. Oh, you forgot Jason Jordan. Oh, well, Kurt forgot about Jason Jordan for a while, too. <laughs> I just think the two of them are great, but the fact that I think Sammy is outshining Kevin, I think is great. This character is the, the most perfect thing they've ever done for him. Do you see that? Because a lot of people are like, do you think that Kevin is personally like 
look, all right, I had my time for a while, and I'll be back, but let me take a back seat and give Sammy his time to shine. Like, is that one of those things that he would do? Or you think Sammy's just better right now? I th- Obviously, these are two guys that go way back. They're obviously very close. And Kevin Owens, for as much of a dickhead as he plays on the show, is a nice human being. He's a good person. Uh, you met, you had the pleasure of meeting him down in Orlando last year. Yep. You said he seemed like a nice guy when you met him. So when I met him, right? I One, you up. said you didn't think he was much bigger than me. <laughs> no, he, he wasn't. He wasn't as big as I thought he was. Like, and the only thing you're bigger than me right now is Pash. Is you're taller. That's it. <laughs> yeah, because Pash weighs lighter. A little lighter, yeah. But um, you're getting the. You'll, you'll catch me soon. <laughs> one day. So, the first, he says hi to me, shakes my hand, says, "Give me one second." Turns around to whoever is like his handler, and says, "Are you sure you don't want something to drink?" Like, so. <laughs> Completely selfless. That's yeah. why I asked that question. Yeah, so I, I could see it because he seems like a good person. This is literally his best friend. And I know that was part of the storyline was Sammy saying, Kevin got all this while I was left behind. Now it's my turn. Maybe there is truth to that. Maybe that's why it's working because they went to, maybe they did go to Vince and say, hey, let's try this. And, but it also could be a case of as soon as Sammy started doing it, him being like, oh, my God, this is too good for us not to embrace it. So, I mean, everything Sammy is doing has been unbelievable. <laughs> and it also goes back to, we've all talked about how people talk about how optimistic he is. And I talked about when I was at the Performance Center how they did a Q&A. We got to do a Q&A with all the people that were there. And Sammy talked for 90% of it. He just wouldn't stop <laughs> talking. And even on the table for three that I think was Owen's... Maybe Bo Dallas. I forget who all was even on it. Maybe Ambrose. Mm -hmm. Um, They were making fun of Sammy. So good. And it's like they basically, and like Vince Russo I know talks about this all the time. A lot of people talk about it. You take who you are and turn it up to an 11, and that's your character. And I really feel like that's what they've done with Sammy Zayn. You're this obnoxious over-talker. Just run wild with it. And I think it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. He doesn't even have to wrestle anymore. That's how good it is. Yeah, he's great. And then, like, it's it's the things that he says. Like, when he's, when he snuck in that line, like, well, Kurt, Kurt forgot about him, too. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I couldn't hold it. I was falling. Yeah, the reading glasses, I mean, <laughs> unbelievable touch. The other thing I like, though, is as much as it's comedic, the actual storyline element of it is there. They're going into the greatest Royal Rumble, which... I'll get to that later. Don't <laughs> let me forget that I have things to say about that. But Kurt putting the fact into their minds that you're about to step in the ring with all these people that you have screwed over <laughs> in the past year. And the real realization that they have to see all these guys in the Greatest Royal Rumble. Can I make a bold prediction? Because yes. this is something that I've been thinking about all week. With Kevin Owens switched to Raw... In my opinion, what I what I see happening is next year Kevin Owens WrestleMania match, Triple H. It'd be interesting. I think it's because again he brings up him, you know, almost killing Vince on live TV. Like well, we already we already know Shane is getting uh, Kenny Omega at <laughs> WrestleMania next year. So Triple H Kevin Owens makes sense. 
Wait, so well, they they is had, it Omega? Uh, that's that's what I said, joking. It might be Finn. Could be, but I don't know. I feel like Shane wants to make that big splash, the <laughs> number one guy in the business. And, Roman? Huh? Roman? Yeah. Well, that that's the real number one guy in the business. Uh, there are, there's a, a group of people who do believe... Ken, I'm not even going to say that because I know Prep loves Kenny Omega, so I'm not going to talk trash on people who like Kenny Omega. Just for liking Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega is the superior wrestler between him and Cody. Uh, okay. Wrestler. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to argue with that. I only said that for one person. Who did you say that for? Here. Eric Trembicki? Mr. Two Flat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think these two are great. That segment was great. I thought... Kurt was even entertaining in that segment. So I like that. Uh, clearly you guys liked it too. Ayla, was there anything other than what I've said that you have on well, say the Sammy and, and uh, Kevin show? I'm shocked nobody brought up the beach chair for the guests. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was perfect. But, uh, and then I think even one of them said, like, only the best. <laughs> <laughs> like, also you guys were talking about how... Um, how Kevin's kind of like maybe taking a step back, but also at the same time, we're used to Kevin Owens being Kevin Owens, and everything Sami Zayn does is basically kind of new to us. Because, like, whenever Kevin Owens says something, it's not coming out shockingly. Like, I like how Kevin Owens, I'm not sure it was Kevin and Sammy, but one of them said we came from a toxic working environment. <laughs> I, think it was, I think it was Owens. But I thought that was perfect. Like, these two together, like, going against, the, going against authority and general managers, and that's what they're known for. It's so good, and, I, and the fact that they hammer in that Stephanie hired them to, just to piss Kurt Angle off, mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic. I, I love everything these two have been doing, and it's, and it's so fresh because we we saw them feuding with Shane for almost half a year, and now we have them feuding with Kurt, and it's, it's still fresh and new, but it's been really fun so far. And then I'm looking forward to see what else they do next. And I like what kind of, what um Kurt did by throwing him in a, throwing him in a match with. Bobby Lashley and Braun Strowman, <clears throat> and they got manhandled. <laughs> yes, they did. Bobby Lashley, still over, still gets a pop. Mm-hmm. He's still new, but still getting a pop right now. Yeah, he's not getting a pop from me, but he's going to have to earn that. Because I have no positive history with the we- Bobby Lashley. The weird thing is, the thing that he improved in the most, they're not having him do. The man can talk now. Like, Give him the mic. And that that's what I personally need to see. Like, I've always said, I can respect somebody who's good in the ring, who's a good technician or a great athlete. I can respect that. But that's not enough to invest in me. I need there to be... You need to sell me on what you're doing in the ring with your personality or with your character, whatever it is, and we haven't gotten a chance to see him do that. I also want to give kudos to them, or Kevin anyway, for how hard he put over The Miz. <laughs> when, when he got there, and Miz TV. How about the, how about how about um him taking that bump from Braun? Awesome, was, twice. <laughs> oh my god, twice. Braun bringing it back. Yeah, but like you said about Bobby Lashley, like they're not even like really building towards anything for backlash other than the rematches from WrestleMania in t- in title rematches, basically. Because even last week when I thought Braun would go to SmackDown because they had nothing for him. He gave, he gave up the tag title from, with Nicholas and then Bob Lashley's coming. He's, it's only two weeks essentially but he still hasn't really done anything. Well, three weeks. He still hasn't really done anything yet. So, I think since you brought up um, Coban at pay-per-views, I feel like the only reason that they went to that is to like have Brock like every other month on a show. Like, oh, we're going to bring in Brock 
every other month. Like, this is a good way to have it. That way he's not missing too many pay-per-views. I guess. The the idea that they think anyone wants to see Brock every other month is, is beyond <laughs> me. The real million-dollar man. Yeah. The crazy <laughs> thing is that people still want to see him. Shockingly, he does, yeah, it's who, true. Like, who? I, I need to meet some of these people and find out why. Because I don't know anybody who wants to see him anymore. Yo, UFC fans, I don't get it. They want to see him. Do they want to see him in UFC? Yeah. Well, some people, I think, just want to see him get beat up. Because I know a lot of people love, to this day, the Alistair Overeem fight when he got massacred. Um, As uh, Brendan Schaub would say, when Overeem was juiced to the gills in that fight. Um, Well, he was. He was, yeah. I mean, he killed Brock. Heavyweight Vitor. I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't mind seeing Brock get beat up for real. Yeah, I know Frank Mir is hoping he gets another crack at Brock Lesnar. I know he's not going to have any chance unless he submits him real quick. So if Brock can fight in UFC, why did Lashley have to terminate his Bellator contract? That's... Because even though people acted like this was a work when Roman said Brock is Vince's boy... He clearly is. Mm -hmm. Vince thinks he has a huge crossover superstar in Brock Lesnar, and he's just not that. And wrestling fans, who are the ones that are going to tune into the show, are completely disinvested in him. Like, I'm almost positive that, like, he would have got the same... Like, there would still be interest in a Lashley fight and Lashley cross-promotion with him being in the WWE rather than Impact. Like, that made no sense. Right. If you can do something with him for three months and more people now know who he is or care about who he is, you're right. He'd You'd be able to sell a Bobby Lashley <coughs> fight much better than when he was on a, in a promotion that nobody watched. Yeah. Outside of the people who were in the, in the arena, really. Like, I, I think you're, you're right. And the thing, um, the thing with Brock is that now they're saying that his, his contract ends around SummerSlam, so I think he can negoti- negotiate a fight between between this contract and by the time it ends. So I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but that guy's getting paid I t- handsomely, I'll tell you that. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. I don't even think that he can fight, though. Like, like he's he hasn't entered the test. Oh, he didn't. That, like, becomes, like... That becomes, like, public knowledge, like, when somebody enters the testing pool. So oh, I thought he entered right after um, the, when he got caught. He couldn't. He still has to appeal that, too. Like, there's a ton of stuff that has to happen before he can even think about it. So I don't even know why, like, Dan is coming out saying stuff. Like, what kind of relationship did the WWE and the UFC have now? Dana's sitting ringside, like... Announcing breaking news that turns out to be false... It makes no sense to me. And I still don't understand how Ronda got out of her contract. I, I honestly I th- just think... What about her? I thought her contract was just was expired. I don't think Yeah, so. I don't think it was either. I honestly think he realized, like, this poor woman can't do this anymore. And I'm not going to hold her to it. Because as much as I think he's a jerk and I can't stand him, and I think he's selfish, I do think the people that make him the most money... He obviously cuts a lot of slack to Connor being Connor one of them. Connor McGregor, clearly Brock being one of them, and I think Ronda being one of them. And I think he really saw that, like I can't put her through this anymore. She can't go through this anymore. 
so he allowed her to do it. That's a good segue right into the next thing I liked. I don't know about you. I thought Ronda shined again on Monday night. I thought it was the perfect little burst to bring her out in. They didn't put her on a microphone. They didn't have her do too much. They just had her come out and do what she does. And I thought it was a good spot for her. And they ended the show with it. So what did you think? I just didn't like it because it was predictable. I was like, oh, Natty's hurt. Here comes Ronda. Like, but I I want to see that match, too. I want to see her versus Mickey because I feel like Mickey's going to make her look great. Look what Mickey did for Ember Moon. Like, <laughs> I can only imagine what she's going to do for Ronda, but I don't know if we're going to see it, if it's going to be on Backlash. It's in the European tour, but I don't know. I want to see that match, though. So do I. Yeah, I'm interested to see where they go. Like, we all, we're, it's almost clear that at some point Natty's going to turn on Ronda. And like I perhaps said, Mickey versus Ronda is part of the European tour. But I, when I saw, when the main event got announced, I was wondering, like, what's going to come out of this? Because every time a woman main event, kind of something has to come out of it. And I was like, okay, so, like, Ronda was the last thing in the back of my mind. But I do like the, the fact that they end the show with her. And she st- they stick into what she does best. And that's do arm bars and take and whip ass. That's all. That's what she's. That's what she has to be. She has to be Stone Cold Steve Austin, essentially. Mm-hmm. Her walk down to the ring. It wasn't the smiling, waving that's to the my, fans. That's the walk. I, I know. Like. Yeah, yeah that they, she did her walk. She did what she does in the ring. And the, the other thing I liked about it is, I hate a ten-person tag as a main event because to me, it's just a waste of time. It doesn't really push anything forward. It doesn't mean anything. There's too many things going on for anything to really stick. So when that was the main event. All I could think is, really, that's the best you come up with? So it's like, okay, something came out of it, and it didn't have anything to do with the actual match itself. Yeah, um, I don't know if there's anything where Ryan's going to happen at Backlash or what, but something had to, some, that was, was post, that was, that's what, what had, had to come out of that whole segment. There's a theory. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but the theory is that WWE put the women in the main event because... They're not able to go to Abu Dhabi. I was right. gonna, I was gonna say that because they put ten, all ten women on the roster. I think most of the women, ten, most, of the, most women. of the women on the roster in that ten in that ten woman tag. That's kind of like oh, we'll main event raw, but they've main event raw so much now that that's not really like a pro, a prize to them anymore. But how do you guys feel about that? Actually, I don't know if anybody's. I don't know if you guys are gonna bring it up. I, no, because I, I don't think that's true. I think because that wasn't some reward for anyone involved. Yeah, I know. I, I so, know. I know. But but you know how sometimes they think, well, like, well, we'll let you all main event Raw since you can't go to the to As much as I think there aren't many people who know what they're doing involved in that show, I think they know enough to know nobody's going to take this as, okay, this is our reward for this. So yeah. I really don't think that's Yeah, I, I don't think so either. But it was a thought in the back of my mind because, like, through all ten women in the main event, you know, because that could have easily been in the middle of the show. And probably should have been in the yeah. middle of the show. For me, like, I don't I don't really want to make too big of a deal about the, the whole women not being able to go over there. Because, like, we live in a country where, like, we have somewhat equality, you know, mm-hmm. to an extent. And obviously a lot more than other countries. So... That's just the price of business. Like, if the WWE is going to go over there, it's because they're getting paid to go over there. Like, that show is a paid show. 
All they have to do is fly their people out, God knows, because they're probably already getting airfare for that. The venue's already paid for. Like, they don't have to worry about none of that. All they have to do is take their talent over there, do the show, and then come back. Right. And I'm glad you brought up the point because this is a thing that I personally am... I usually know exactly where I stand on all my views. This is something that I'm... I don't want to say straddling the fence, but it's like I don't know what's right. Because mm-hmm. I felt this way when Sasha and Alexa had the match. Where was that? Abu Dhabi? Mm-hmm. Or no, it was um, somewhere else. Wherever it was. It was, it was the first match in that. It, was it wasn't India. India. It was somewhere in the Middle East. But it, that, that's besides the point. The whole thing was it was during Ramadan or something. Saudi Arabia? There it was, no, this is in Saudi Arabia. No, this Arabia. is Saudi Arabia. I think it was Abu Dhabi, but maybe not. But... I think during Ramadan, whatever it is, the custom is that women can't show more than a certain amount of skin. So, on one hand, it's this historic thing that this is the first women's match ever in this country, and all these little girls in this country get to see women do this, and that's, like, a big deal. But then there's the other side of it that's like, yeah, but you kind of had to pull yourself back a little bit in order to do it. And it's like, I don't know which side of that weighs more heavily that you got to break some ground or that you had to there had to be concessions on your part in order to do it and yeah wwe obviously this also ties into to what my problem with this whole thing is wwe's priority as a company much to the chagrin of people like us and people who are booing at the shows their main priority is expanding their brand across the world as much as possible They just want eyes on their product. They want ears on their product. They want their product trending on social media. That's what they care about. So what they're doing is bringing this show to Saudi Arabia because it's going to get a lot of exposure, not just there, but everywhere. They're now airing the special on the network, albeit at noon on Friday. but Our time. Our time, yes. Um, But the problem is, is that it is a house show for people in that they're going to be in that arena. Mm-hmm. But they're also advertising it to us. So you advertise it to us as this big deal, but then you don't tell any stories leading up to it. We're, you're advertising a house show that we're going to watch on the WWE Network. Well, to cut you off, I didn't cut you off for a second, but since I, I, before we started the show, I said this is essentially a house show, and the one match that they're actually telling a story for is Roman versus Brock. So you kind of already know, like, they're treating that as a big deal. The rest of the show is like, whatever. Even the greatest rumble. There's not even any implications for it. I just, I just assume you get the trophy that's in the in the render for it. Mm-hmm. That that's that's all I that's that's what I assume that's what I assume you get. After that, you might just be labeled as the greatest the winner of the greatest Royal Rumble ever for three weeks and then go on from there. And it, it may be nothing after that. Yeah. I feel like if you're going to promote it to us, if you're gonna advertise it to us, if you want us to watch it Put forth an effort. Make it a little more than a house show. Sorry to cut you off again, mm-hmm. but that's why they threw the Royal Rumble tagline in there. Everybody loves the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble is the second biggest event that they have in a calendar year. So it's like, oh, the Royal Rumble, fifty people. Like, okay, let's see how let's see how this goes. Like, that's their that's their nod to us. Like, to get us to watch. Now, see, if, if it wasn't a Royal Rumble, this probably wouldn't even air on the network at all. But since they threw the tagline Royal Rumble in there, that's, like, how they kind of hook us. Yeah, but 
you remember the movie Hancock with Will Smith? Yes. So that movie was marketed as a superhero movie for kids. Mm-hmm. That's not what that movie was. Yeah. So people went there with their kids expecting this to be a feel-good superhero story, and it wasn't. It was more a movie more for adults. It was darker. It was not really happy. And the movie got destroyed by critics because people went in with a certain expectation and it was not met. That's kind of obviously on a smaller scale, but that's kind of what this is. They're marketing it to us as a big deal and it's really not. And that's my main problem with it is if you just want to throw it on the network, fine. But the fact that every commercial break we see it, you're talking about it all throughout the show. And it's just a house show we could see almost anywhere else. I give them they put some big matches on it. But there's no reason to really invest in it. And I again, I know that it's not for us. But what we're going to have is a lot of people coming out of this show complaining about it because of what it ends up being, not what they build it as. Yeah, and also to, to people on the internet who just think that WWE didn't even attempt to get the women on the show, you got to be kidding me. I'm sure, like Triple H spoke on it, I'm sure. I'm almost 100% positive that he pulled... He tried to pull every string he could to get the women to compete on that show, because that because he's been advocating this ever since he's been ever since he's been running NXT and since the women women's revolution has become a big thing on the WWE on the WWE main roster. So you guys gotta let that go. Like at the same time, like like you said, they want to get they want to get their hands into all these other markets and stuff like that. It's like sometimes you have to kind of make those decisions, and it's like it's either you do this one small thing, if you don't do it, then. We're pulling out this deal, so it's all about the company, and I'm sure like it was hard for them to present it to the women. Like, look, we're, we're having this event in Saudi Arabia. They don't want women here. We're gonna do what we can to possibly like make it up to you guys. But are you gonna really, like for any business like so something for something like that? Like, what are you gonna do? It's like they want the action. This this tiny thing of you, it, it, it might not be seen. It might be not be seen tiny to some people. But you're asking for one thing. If you do that one thing, that could be a deal breaker. Right. No, I know. I get it. I'm not upset about it. Yeah, I'm not it. at I all. I know they want to do this show. That's the rules to do the show. And that's what they're doing. I think even though we've complained a lot about the material they've given some of the women to work with, you can't take away from the fact that they have done a much better job putting the women in a more prominent position than they ever were before. Uh, just them being in the the middle of the poster at WrestleMania 32 in Dallas. That was a big deal. That match was a big deal. That they have gotten to do all these other matches over the course of the last two years have been a big deal. So I don't think it's anything to get too upset about, and I'm not about to... I have no pull or no say to try to get another country to change their culture. <laughs> so while I disagree with a lot of what they do in their culture, it's not up to me to change it. And it's not up to WWE to do that either. Their job is to make money for themselves, to keep themselves sustainable. Any other thoughts, Prep, on the Greatest Royal Rumble or no? Do you My, think that's why they made an event on Monday? That's, Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, we'll do this. Like, but they could have did more. Like, why didn't they have, like, a all-women house show or something? Like, right. Like, fun like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, a house show without John Cena is not going to draw. So, I can only imagine a house show with just every woman on the roster. Right. But there's, like, things they... I'm pretty sure that they're getting paid, though. Like, they got to give these girls something. 
They just gave Alexa a new boob job. Like, <laughs> <laughs> did they really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't notice. Is she Is that why shirt? she's not in the ring? Yeah. Yeah. Do you notice she didn't tag in? Honestly, I did. I told you I retained maybe twenty percent of this sh- of yeah. these two shows. Well, I I heard that she had had it. That's why she'd been sitting. And then when he put her in the ring, I'm like, she's not tagging in. And then she didn't tag in. I was like, yep. <laughs> yeah, I didn't notice. That leads me a perfect segue into the next thing I liked. I really enjoyed the moment of bliss promo. So good. <laughs> so, so good. Three. So three of my favorite moments of the week are women's segments, which like. We talk, We just spent 10 minutes talking about how, like, whack this was or whatever. The Moment of Bliss was great. The Melibration, again, oh, so was good. fantastic. And then, again, my two Aussie girls. <laughs> so good. Yeah, well, that was my next thing. They really are great. They're so entertaining. They're so different between the accents, the way they interact with each other. They kind of motion, I don't know, they have these certain mannerisms they do with each other, and it's almost like they could finish each other's sentences. I think they're hysterical. I I don't know. They, they basically are exactly, they've turned into, I'm trying to think of the right way to word this. So I saw them for the first time at the Performance Center, cut a promo in their promo class. And I said, like, there's something here. They're funny. They're interesting together. This can be something. And they basically have panned out into whatever I thought was the, the, the high, the highest point they could reach. It's like they got there. They, there was no missteps. They kind of just became the thing I thought maybe they could be. This, they're hysterical. The crowd really likes them. And my God, they could antagonize the hell out of any woman, mm-hmm. on, any man on the roster. I kind of just want to. I don't even need to see them wrestle either. <laughs> I can just see them being characters on the show just to antagonize the hell out of everybody on the show. Same thing. I love. I, I, I love the well, the iconics. Yeah, I love them. Like people have, have people haven't been taken to them yet. A lot, of, a lot of people in wrestling groups have been saying they find them annoying. Well, well, that's their job. That's the point. <laughs> that's the point. There aren't enough people that annoy you. Exactly. That's, that's their point. And like you said, they can antagonize anybody, imitate everybody. Like even the promo she had with Charlotte, um, SmackDown after Mania. I still harken back to that. That was great. Even last week was great. Like. I, I can't wait. I, I hope they put the title on one of them or they'll just be champions together. I can't wait. But like Prep said, the Melibration. Champion Carmella, I'm all for it. <laughs> they better not take this belt off Champ- this woman. I'm, I think she'll lose it at Backlash, but I'm all for Champion Carmella. She is fantastic. Laugh would appreciate this. I'm the champion. Why am I coming out first? I thought <laughs> She, she she made them replay the video twice and say, you're, people are going to cheer me. I love every second of it. And when Charlotte came, she was just bloviating about everything, doing the shit all over the place. I love every second of it. I love Renee trying to like calm her down like, Carmella, this is very unprofessional. Yeah. Yeah. You sit down and she's just going in, strutting. She looked like me on Bird. <laughs> <laughs> so a question for you guys then. We obviously all know when all these women got called up when they split the brands. And there were some women that we thought, eh, maybe it's a little too soon for them to come up. Carmella, I think one of them we thought maybe they should have let her do a little more in NXT. I don't even know if we really... Did were, did we think Alexa was absolutely ready to be a star on the main roster? Or did we... Because I really don't remember. Well, 
I always was championing her on NXT. We liked her. Yeah, you know, but yeah, but even um when she was like cutting promos because she was basically Blake and Murphy's mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. I was always championing her, and when she got called out, like okay, here we go. Like we this might be something because when she got called up, we we always, you can go back to the first segment when they like kind of introduced all of them, all of them together. Alexa, like she shined that whole introduction segment, and then as the weeks went on, she continued to shine. And when Carmella came up, for example. She was known for being with Enzo and Cass, but like even in NXT, before they were leaving, they kind of like moved, her, slid her away slowly from Enzo and Cass, so she could kind of be her own thing. And then, and I do remember when she did, we did get called up, she was still doing, um, she was still talking during her entrance with the whole bada bing, hot chicken ring. That wasn't gonna work in, on the WWE and then she roster. Beat down Nikki Bella. She beat up Nikki Bella, which was talking smack, yeah, which was great. Then she adopted James Ellsworth, and that, oh, that was fantastic. The shopping spree, I st- still my favorite segment mm-hmm. with those two. All that, all that was great because it was easy for you to be a heel. Because when you're faced, everything has to be so perfect, and if they don't cheer you, it's like, okay, what do I do? So it's easier, easier for them to be heel. But Alexa, she's always shine because we knew she could always talk. Her, she's big, like like the whole Shawn Michaels thing and the Sasha thing. Her size isn't her size doesn't matter. She, it always her. What do you say? Her personality. Her, persona- her personality like. shines. Her personality is bigger than her size. So, I, I had no point. I had no pro- Um, I had no doubt Alexa would shine on the main roster. So we obviously know what happened with her. She did shine on the main roster. She's been a star on the main roster. Do you think Carmella is starting to approach that level? Look at. Who Carmella was with? It was her, Enzo, and Cass. I would have never thought in a she'd million be the years that she'd be the breakout. <laughs> but I think that she'll she'll be the next like, like. She's gonna move her way up the card. Like she's, she's getting better in the ring. She never had a problem on the mic, so that's not something we have to worry about. All she needs is the time. Like like now that she's getting the the push, now that she has the belt or the time on TV, you we're now starting to see like, wow, this girl is pretty good. Yeah, one one th- one nitpick I have that nobody brought up that they have cut James Ellsworth out of all those clips. Yeah. <laughs> so the way I chose to to read that is that was her choice. I. Obviously, I don't. I don't know if WWE has a thing where they don't want to show him, but I've looked at it like she wants all the credit for herself. It's all about me. There's a clip of her with the briefcase saying, "I have one person to thank for all this." You can't it's me. say it's all about me. We all know <laughs> who that really is. <laughs> who was that really? My other baby mom. <laughs> but yeah, that I think that that was more. I think that's just more suiting her character. That everything she does, all she cares about is herself. Um, but yeah, obviously I still miss James Ellsworth being a part of Carmella's journey. Did you catch my wrestling with Angel message? I did. Okay. <laughs> I did. I did. Uh, she was so mad. <laughs> <laughs> and that's good. She got, she got it. Carmella got a passionate response yeah, cause out she, of Angel. Cause she loved, um, CM Punk. Mm-hmm. That was her guy. And uh, she always remembered AJ Lee was yeah. skipping. She hated when AJ skipped. Like, That's not her thing. <laughs> uh, Samoa Joe, not a whole lot this week. He cut promos on both shows. Prep, do you like that they're kind of building him back into the rotation slowly? Because I, I feel like they're making it more meaningful when he gets in there. Yes, yes. I love Samoa Joe. They gave him the small promo this week on Raw. Short, sweet, to the point. 
Very good. Halo. Same. Short and sweet. Sim- simple. Is and there any chance he comes? Star. He is. is a damn star. He's the best thing that's on the main roster right now. I don't care what anybody says. We have the greatest Royal Rumble coming up on Friday. We have Backlash coming up on Sunday, May 6th. Is there any chance he on May 7th he has a title? No. No. No, I don't think so. God, I wish he did. <laughs> Me too. But, well, are we going to predict the greatest Royal Rumble? We will. We'll just run them down real quick at okay, the end. Okay, then I'll wait to give my thoughts there. Okay. Um, Nakamura's new music? I, listen, I was working out at the gym. I like it. I don't. People were upset about it. Why? Because it's not in English? But that's, again, that's the, the point. point. <laughs> I like heel. it. He's a heel. One, he's been an excellent heel since he turned. Everything that he does, I find to be more meaningful now. That he came out there with different music that people love, that people love to hum along to, and then Corey Graves says on commentary, he changed his music because he didn't want he didn't want the WWE universe chanting along with it anymore. Perfect. I think it was an excellent move. The fact that it's not in English because nobody's going to be singing along <laughs> to it in two weeks, I think it's perfect that they did it, and I like it a lot. It, it, you know how music is. you got to hear it a few times. I haven't like put it a, on a bunch of times on repeat, but I was like, I can't like this. Do I like it right now? No. But like you said, the fact that it's in Japanese is perfect <laughs> because nobody can sing with it. Yeah, I mean, the, the actual music part of it is... It's still there. It's just, it's just dubbed over now. Yeah, so... It's not, and yeah, it's not even about whether I like the song itself or not. I love the spirit of what they did. Yeah, I thought it, it was an excellent choice. Yeah, even with even with his mannerisms on the way down to the ring, it fits how the beat goes and everything mm-hmm. like that. So I I liked it. Do I like the song yet? No, but I'm sure it'll grow over time. Yeah, I like it solely for what its purpose is. It worked already because you could hear the crowd start to hum along with it, and then and then kind of had to yeah. stop, and it. It just takes the crowd yeah. reaction totally out of yeah, it. Yeah, and then this was, just, this was the first time he actually had an entrance since turning here. Yeah. Yeah, and you know me, I'm all about, like, this guy's Japanese. Make sure everybody knows he's Japanese. Mm-hmm. Don't just have him trying to speak English. Like, And it didn't bother me that he did the little blow. Like, I know <laughs> that you were talking about, like... At this point, I, I want to see it every week. Yeah, and that... I don't know how you felt about that. Last segment that was probably my favorite thing on SmackDown, like that last like two minutes, where Anderson jumped in the way. Oh yeah, I, I took the bullet went, for AJ twice. I, I really like that. We well, took the bullet for AJ, then took one on of his own. Yeah, I did like it. And the other thing I like about it is, so my buddy Phil, who That's very bad. very casual wrestling fan, he watched WrestleMania last year. And then he watched the two shows after WrestleMania. So he saw Nakamura for the first time when he debuted on SmackDown. And he texted me, who is this guy? I love him. Just after his entrance. He's like, I don't know what he's doing. When I saw him at work the next day, he was, you know, doing the mannerisms. <laughs> he's like, I don't know what he's doing, but I love it. It got to a certain point, though, where Nakamura got stale and a lot of the facial expressions and stuff kind of got stale with it. Now, everything he does... You read it; it's there's a different connotation to it. And now he's he's like menacing now. He's kind of threatening now. So the fact that that ended with him destroying uh, Carl Anderson, I think, is good because now it puts over. Oh, I'm not just the sorry, no speak English guy. 
I'm also terrorizing people. And I think that's important. And I think it's really good for him. Because, again, we said, we've said we said it the last three weeks, the most excited I've been about him since he showed up on SmackDown last year. Mm-hmm. So I loved the way they ended the show. Give this man the title, please. Eh, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, I think this is the last thing I liked. <laughs> I thought Big Cass looked really good on Tuesday. I don't know if everybody felt that way. Yeah, I, I think he did, but I got kind of confused with his point. It was like, huh? I really liked that he said, of course, when I get cleared, <laughs> this guy gets cleared and he <laughs> overshadows me. <laughs> Somebody on this panel said that two weeks, a few weeks ago. So that's in my notes. Yeah. I love that he mentioned that Daniel Bryan was yeah. clear the same day. So, so BG. <laughs> it definitely listens. We got if you. there was ever any doubt. <laughs> yes. Because I said that the, the night we did our Daniel Bryan return show, I opened the show with, let's just get this out of the way. Let's all talk about the biggest news in the industry. Big Cass was cleared to return to the ring. And obviously I made the joke last week or the week before that I was glad they held off. Because he would have overshadowed Daniel Bryan's return. I love that that's part of the story. Uh, Him coming out in the suit. Him completely turning on the original big cast gimmick. I thought he didn't look inferior to Miz the way you might have thought he would. Although there was one part. My favorite single moment of that segment was when Cass told Miz... You know, unfortunately, despite what you may think, everything is not about you, Miz. And Miz (laughs) takes the pause. He has that look on his face and says, how dare you? And they cut back to Cass, and he's trying not to laugh, which I appreciated. Because I laughed when Miz said it. I love that Cass found it funny. Um, But no, this is fresh for him. And he was almost kind of towing the line a little bit. He wasn't a full-fledged bad guy, quote-unquote, because he was coming at the Miz, too. But he does kind of have a point that he's making, which is, I should be a bigger star than Daniel Bryan, so I'm going to take care of that myself right now. Well, like I said, it wasn't quite clear because he he said, I don't like Daniel Bryan because he used to be me. Well, I used to be him or something like that because he was smaller. So I was like, huh? But then... But then I did get his point. So he kind of had, like, two different points, but one was kind of like... Weird, so I didn't quite take to take yeah, to like he could have not have brought that up, yeah, and it would have been told, yeah. I was like, huh, like, wait, what? That doesn't make any sense. I feel like they were like, oh, we need to make this five extra minutes, so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so let's say yeah, that. But like, like his whole demeanor, like, even when his music hit, he came at the top of the ramp, just like fixing his tie, and I his like coat, that a lot, yeah. And he just like, it's like, okay, I'm ready now. He's quite nicely, you don't have a guess, interview me. Another thing. <laughs> is when he almost stepped over the rope to get yeah, the ring, and, and he, yeah, like, like nope, wagged yep, his finger, yeah. like, nope, I'm not doing that anymore, and went through the ropes. Yeah. I, I thought he did a really good job. And I don't know, was it you and Eck last week, Prep, that said they thought he, you thought he was going to be the big breakout from yep. the shakeup? Off to a great start. This is probably the best start anyone's had from the shakeup, I think. The one thing I do want to happen, though, mm-hmm. and this is just aesthetically... Since he's coming back as basically a new character, he needs to change his ring attire. Like, put on some pants or some shorts or, you know, just no more trunks. That have the New York skyline on them. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, you don't need that. You need to eliminate that aspect from the character. Obviously, we'll see when he gets in the ring what happens. We saw him the one night with Daniel Bryan. I believe he was wearing the same attire. Lady Liberty trunks. So hopefully they do change that. But I, I thought for the first night you send him out there to talk, I thought he did a great job. Um, so I didn't have a lot that I necessarily hated. I had a lot that I was just indifferent about and didn't care enough to write any notes about. The one thing that I do hate, why the hell is Drew McIntyre with Dolph Ziggler? So you, you, you joined my bandwagon. Why? I mean, I did feel that way last week. But I wasn't really heated about it. I thought it was stupid. But how do you have Drew McIntyre come out and cut a promo saying, I am the wake-up call that WWE needs, and then have him with the guy who's been putting everyone to sleep for the last five years? (laughs) So I still stay firm on what I said. I think that with Dolph Ziggler, he's still going to overshadow him and he's still going to take his place because that's a... Exactly what he did this week, and I loved it. Yeah. But it seemed like Dolph was cool with that. Dolph doesn't have a contract, so I'm pretty (laughs) sure Dolph is just, you know, taking whatever he can right now. Yeah, like I said, like we said last week, no doubt McIntyre is going to overshadow Dolph, but I didn't want Dolph anywhere near Drew McIntyre because McIntyre should be by himself. Now, we don't know what Ziggler's contract status is, as he's been saying. Maybe McIntyre will be his feud on his way out. I'll get. I have something to say about beginning feuds a little bit later in the show, but they gotta don't go back to McIntyre's old music. Don't do this. The whole that whole whatever they did with his music this week. Don't do that. Go back to the, the original cut of that because that was terrible. But Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre, he's great. Dolph's the most stale character since the inception of this show. But the finish is so good. It is. That's oh it. God. I will give it that. That is good. The two finishers fit perfectly together. Yeah. It just makes no sense. And isn't Dolph is still coming out with the record scratch? Yeah. That's over. That story's done. It, none of it fits together for me. It doesn't make any sense. I think it's stupid. And I, th- I think you run the risk of holding someone back that was a, a very sought-after signing. And it's another time where it makes me feel like WWE isn't concerned with finding these indie stars and bringing them in to be to be woven into the fabric of WWE. They just sign them just so it's one less guy out there, just another guy to have under contract that people might tune in for. Friend of the show, Flip Gordon, talked about that last week. <laughs> yeah. I was, and you know what? I'm, Please I'm go happy. back and listen to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy that he said that, and I'm, I'm disappointed I didn't follow up on it. I was too. Because it is, I think maybe, he did he go on for a while after he said that? Not really, no. I don't know. I don't know why. There was a reason why I didn't follow up on it. But that's a concern I've had, is we're just going to sign everybody. Because we don't. He said they just sign anybody because they see him as a potential threat down the road, so let's sign them now. Yeah. Yeah, like, look, they they made the whole U.K. division because the world of sport was coming back, and they signed these guys to ridiculously low contracts, like 15000 a year, and you're going to sit at home. But... Look at now, World of Sports coming back, and they're still they're gonna do another UK tournament. Like, but World of Sports, like, or ITV's, like, look, we're still gonna run a season of World of Sports. Right. Uh, that's all the notes I had. So, if anybody has anything else they wanted to talk about, Chad, I got a few things. Chad Gable. Mm-hmm. How, what do you think? Because I, I have like 
we kind of talked about this last week, but we didn't kind of go all in. No pun intended. <laughs> but um, I kind of this is me like fancy booking ahead. I think Kurt's gonna like really like take him under t- his wing. take under his wing, and that's gonna re- get a jealous Jason Jordan back. Let me tell you, I hope that that happens because I do like Chad Gable. Because they gave him back his American Alpha music. Well, we all know who you like more than Chad Gable. Oh, I, without a doubt. <laughs> Jason Jordan, yeah, so, my, my favorite wrestler of 2017. Yeah, and, like, I think that would be, like, a real interesting story. Like, J- Jason Jordan get real jealous, and, like, Kurt Angle's, like, teaching Chad Gable some moves and, like, <laughs> and stuff. And That's just, just as good as tossing around the <laughs> And Jason Jordan is, like, sitting in the back pouting and stuff. I think that would be fantastic. I would love that. Me too. Yeah, I mean, I called for that last week. I, <laughs> I do want to see that. Because I think they're going to have really good matches. Oh, and me then, too. And then uh, Rowan and Harper doing their pass impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. That was. I really wish the Usos would have moved. Yeah, my, see, my thing was Naomi said, like, when she looked into their eyes, she saw nothing. But goddamn, they're normal and human after that. Yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah. And I really wonder who, like, really produced that segment to see, like, okay, so you're going to super kick him right after she starts twerking. <laughs> I don't know who came up with that. Whoever did, you're a genius. Because that, that's logic. I'll tell you that right now. That's, that's damn logic. It's, Maybe Brian Gerard James <laughs> called over to Rawls like, hey, this guy, this guy Pash on the Matt Madness podcast really likes Naomi. <laughs> Let's see if this works for these guys. They get distracted by Naomi when she comes out. Yeah, and I was going to say, Jimmy Uso, your life at home must be very lit. And I felt <laughs> <that out. laughs> He does have a very lit home life, I would assume. Yeah. And I, I, I do want to say I like that they put her into the feud because it did bring a sense of realism to the beating they were getting last week. Her coming out and trying to stop it. And I like that she met up with them in the locker room. It gives a little bit her a little bit something more to her character. She doesn't get to talk that much. When she does, they usually have her say something that's relatively meaningless. So I like that they found a way to work her into it. Um, but, yes, they, they were taking their cues from me, the, <laughs> the Bludgeon Brothers. <laughs> Maybe I'm the original, blo- original Bludgeon Brothers. <laughs> Pash. <laughs> Great music. Pash Harper Rowe. You'll Pash be like Harper the, and Eck Rowan. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be like the third uh, member of Demolition. Maybe I could be the mouthpiece for the Bludgeon Brothers. Oh God! I'll be a manager for them. So what will be their catchphrase? Give me, give me till next week to come up with it. Okay, cool. Because I'm gonna remind you. Yeah, I don't. Or maybe I will just be madness and smash that. Oh, smash this. <laughs> <laughs> and I, we gotta talk about this. Uh... How great was The Miz? Excellent. Before Cass came out. How, how much of a changed man he is. Mm-hmm. I know. love that he said that Talking Smack got canceled like because he left. Yeah. <laughs> and then my favorite part was when he started comparing, he's like, I'm a changed man. He started comparing himself to Daniel Brown. We both have, we're both fathers now. We're both great in-ring technicians. <laughs> <laughs> and when he said something about Monroe Sky, he said, you know, maybe Daniel just doesn't have as much of a bond with Birdie as I have with Monroe. <laughs> I was, I was waiting, and I know it's too early because this this kid's like three weeks old. Mm-hmm. But I was just waiting for like when he said he didn't have a guest. 
I thought Monroe that. comes out. <laughs> I thought <laughs> that Maurice and the baby were gonna come out. Would it, would it be the doll? That was a doll. Was it really? Was it? That was a doll. You can confirm. Yes, it was a doll. that was a baby doll. Yeah. So Jen's so eyesight Monroe Sky is a didn't make her debut. Yeah, it was a baby doll. What about Jen? Her her eyesight was questionable, like X said last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was excellent. He is every week. Like I said, you. He's dependable. You know what you're getting. Like I said, Shinsuke Nakamura is the Babe Ruth of the low blow now. The Miz is the most steady guy there because you always know he's going to go out to that ring with a microphone and he's going to deliver at a level that you, you expect it every week. And, then he, and he never falls short. Yeah, and then he was like so serious about like being a changed man. My daughter's changed me and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Fantastic. All right, so the last thing I have from mm-hmm. the shows, where do... Dallas and Axel Lane. I'm glad you said that. I I really hope this is a thing throughout, like for the next month or so, because th- it'll be so great to watch them try to find themselves and fi- and find their niche without yeah. being without um being in the with the Miz going to SmackDown. Like I would love them try to try to get signed to titles worldwide, and they, they don't even want them, and they take usually anybody. Oh yeah, <laughs> stuff, 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 oh, stuff that, like that. That would be good to if find, they like, even a, get turned down by Titans yeah, Worldwide. Yeah, to, to find like a new click or somebody new to latch onto. I think that'll be really fun. It will be, and I and you know I always like that the goofy because I love the Golden Truth. There was something else that they did recently along these. Oh, Heath Slater. Mm-hmm. That this whole storyline where somebody just doesn't belong, I think is always funny with with guys who can perform it, and these two guys. Can do that. Yeah, because they were great with Rollins and they were great with Balor. Too sweet, man. And then yeah. Finn, Finn just put their slap their fingers down. Speaking of too sweet, on my way home from work today, I okay. notice I notice a gentleman wearing a Bullet Club T-shirt. So, I'm ju- I just like throw up the the too sweet in my car. I didn't roll down my window or anything because so I just throw up the too sweet. The guy has a backpack. He's like looking down as he's walking. He looks up and makes eye contact with me and sees it. And he, like, kind of freezes for a second, almost not knowing what to do. And then about four seconds later, I look in my rearview mirror, and I see him walking down the street looking back, holding <laughs> the So I see him in my rearview mirror. Dude, that was me. <laughs> he, was, he was a few shades darker than you, Prep. <laughs> Unless you were out tanning this afternoon. Well. You might have been. Maybe. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, do, I did like the, uh, the whole Baxel Club idea. <laughs> uh, anything else from the two main shows? Uh, for the two main shows, no. But I would like to say that I'm real disappointed in 205 Live. Okay. Because out of the whole roster they could have picked to face Cedric Alexander out there, they picked Kalisto again. Mm-hmm. I dude, I'm so tired of him. I don't want to see that again. I don't blame you. I know I, I have zero excitement for it. All these guys, and that's who they pick. Maybe he's got a huge following in uh, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, so do you guys want to just run through the list of matches on this card real quick and pick your winners? Yeah. Yep. All right, so we'll start with the Universal Championship match. Roman Reigns challenging Brock Lesnar. It has to be Roman. I, I can't take... Brock and Paul anymore. So, Prep, who do you got? The big dog. Alo? <laughs> <laughs> Roman, 
Let's and, hope that we're right. And I'm looking forward to you coming on the show next week and just laughing for, <laughs> the, for the first For an two. hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> um, Samoa Joe versus Finn Balor versus The Miz versus Seth Rollins in a ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. Prep? The Miz. Halo? Seth Rollins. I want to say The Miz. In my heart, I want it to be Joe. I want to say Miz because I think he's great with the Intercontinental Championship, but it's not going back to SmackDown. And I don't see them putting it on Finn yet, so I'm going to say Seth retains. Um, WWE Championship, Shinsuke Nakamura, the Babe Ruth of low blows, against the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. Prep? Dang, I already picked two. Title changes. <laughs> I'm gonna stick to my gut. Shinsuke. Yeah. Alo. Disqualification, so they could have the rematch at Backlash. AJ's on low blow Nakamura. <laughs> I'm not gonna book it like Alo just did, although that would at least make logical sense. But I do think AJ is going to retain. Um, although I would like it if they had that title change. Jinder Mayhow, as Kurt <laughs> Angle would say, versus Jeff Hardy for. Jinder's coveted United States Championship, Alo. Jeff Harvey, as Mike Adderley would say. <laughs> Jeff Harvey. <laughs> since Brad. I since I picked the Miz, I'm gonna pick Jinder. That way the titles switch brands. It's good logic right there. I, I kinda want Jinder to win it back, so I'm gonna say Jinder. Um Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy. Versus the bar for the vacant Raw Tag Team Championships. Prep. Sheamus, you know I got a newfound love for you <laughs> for about a year now, yeah. but the Woken whatever. <laughs> whatever they are. Alo. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes, they're they're going to win. Uh, Bray and Matt are going to win. I think that's pretty certain. All right. My crew, the Bludgeon Brothers, defending the tag SmackDown Tag Team Championships against the Usos. Alo. Bludgeon Brothers, no distractions. <laughs> Prep. Brody Lee and Ekron. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take the Bludgeon Brothers, too. No real reason to take it off them yet. Uh, Cedric versus Kalisto. Uh, it's easy. Cedric is retaining. Cedric. The game. <laughs> the King of Kings. Triple H. The cerebral assassin. Yeah. Versus the face that runs the place, John Cena. Who wins? Well, since Triple H brought this show to Saudi Arabia, Triple H. <laughs> Prep. You know I can't vote against John Cena. Yeah, with your never give up headband. On the arm. Yeah, around your bulging bicep as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't imagine they're gonna have Cena lose in front of that crowd. You know that that's gonna be a bunch of Cena marks there. Really? I uh, yeah, that's what I think. A bunch of Matt Madness over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the last match on the card, a casket match. When's the last time we had a casket match? Uh, ten years ago. Ten they years said. ago. Okay. Rusev Day. Well, Rusev. It's not Rusev Day, but Rusev versus. The Undertaker. Can you give me an Undertaker as uh, Fink before we, before we move as, on? As you don't have to do Vince. it right as Fink. Okay. 
from Death Valley, weighing 305 pounds, the Undertaker! (laughs) (laughs) Also never gets old. Uh, Who wins? The (laughs) Undertaker. Prep. Rusev, Dave, please. (laughs) It's going to be The Undertaker. He's going to bury him gently, as Rusev requested. I love that. Uh, do we have any listener questions? Justin Roberts says Undertaker way better than Fink. <laughs> All right. We got a question from the Godfather of the podcast, Joe Lafferty. Hi, Joe. I think this might be a debate. Being a long-term superstar for WWE, Adam Cole or the Velveteen Dream? The Velveteen Dream. I don't even have to think about it for a half a second. Sorry, Ron. It's Adam Cole. Adam Cole. He's wow. a Triple H boy. Yeah. He's just a guy to me. Yeah, but see, the Velveteen Dream's character is, you can kind of say the modern day gold dust, but like when it comes to the main roster of uh, eventually, a lot of that stuff I think he's going to do is going to get toned down to an extent. But Adam Cole, like Prep said, that's a Triple H guy. And he could bring an Undisputed Era with him. Too. And then with and for what the world of wrestling has become, and you know how WWE is they capitalize on these older older um these stars from other companies. Adam Cole is one of those stars, and everybody knows who Adam Cole is. So I think he has a longer. I'm not saying he he'll probably be more successful because he'll be around longer than the Velveteen Dream because the Velveteen Dream can quickly fizzle out. But I think Adam Cole has more longevity. Yeah, for me and Ron, I'm sorry, but you haven't been watching NXT. No, so. I haven't. So not only is Adam Cole not being just a guy, Kyle O'Reilly has is, personality. Is doing everything that you need to see him do for you to like him. Does he look different? No. No. Then I won't like him. <laughs> this dude is hilarious. Because he looks like a dude that's fake wrestling in his backyard in high school to me. <laughs> Ron, just give him, I'm going to send you the gift. <laughs> All his greatest hits. Yeah, because yeah, I, I caught him doing the air guitar with the belt today. You know, you know, you know I'm a mark for that. So. I know you're a mark for that. <laughs> I just look at the Velveteen Dream like there is a clear-cut, entertaining character and a guy playing the character who is very smart and very entertaining. And I guess I can't speak for everyone, but from my point of view, I will never enjoy or anticipate watching Adam Cole Nearly as much as the Velveteen Dream. Yeah, I'm just saying the Velveteen Dream is more entertaining because he's because he's so out there. But longevity wise, I believe it's Adam Cole. Do you really see Adam Cole being a big star though? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I just I don't. Every, see everything you see in Kevin Owens, in Love by Kevin Owens, Adam Cole has that same stuff. Plus the look. Yeah. How tall is he? Like five ten, five eleven. Which probably means six. So remember this: an, an hour and two minutes into this show, let me know if I was wrong. Like five years from now, mark it down. Okay. Because I'm saying I don't think he's going to be a star. Question though, mm-hmm. and this this could be an extension of this. Mm-hmm. So you're saying the Velveteen Dream, but the same way I say that the WWE doesn't know how to push Hispanic mm-hmm. wrestlers, it's the same or. Maybe worse for African Americans. So yeah, no, I agree with that. Like, th- does that skew your vision at all? I mean, I, I always think about that, but 
But I think the hard, the the biggest thing they have trouble doing with African American wrestlers is finding who are you going to be when you go out there on TV. Yep. And they know what he is when he goes out there. That's why the New Day was able to break free from it because they eventually figured out this is who you are when you get out there on that TV. But they're still not world champions. True. But they're huge stars. They really dropped the ball with the salmon jacket. (laughs) (laughs) That crowd wanted him to win so bad. I was there. Like, if you ever wanted to put a title on an African-American at this point in wrestling, like, that was, like, the perfect time. Right. Yeah, I mean, I will I will say this. I don't see the Velveteen Dream being a world champion. But I see him being someone that... I mean, maybe I even just answered the question wrong. I just answered it as, like, who's going to be a star as far as who do I want to turn on my TV and watch? Yeah, just because we pick an Adam Cole doesn't mean we're poo-pooing on Velveteen Dream. Like, yeah, because I Velveteen love Velveteen Dream. Dream. I mean, I'm not going to buy a shirt because it's awful. But yeah. If, for someone who's in high fashion, who would <laughs> have to get a bad shirt? Yeah. That shirt is terrible. Terrible initials, too. Yes. VD, come on. <laughs> yeah, I want, like, a full airbrushed Velveteen Dream t-shirt. I love, I don't know if you saw, but they showed on Instagram that he went back to D.C. and he brought out his, like, yes. his Trump tights mm-hmm. from when everybody thought he was going to be the drizzling yeah. crap. Mm-hmm. He got to wear him. How long did he do that? I feel like it was a couple months. Yeah, until he grew his hair. Mm -hmm. And then he came out looking like Prince all of a sudden. And then it just evolved into what it is now. The three three lens glasses, so good. How old is Adam Cole? Does anybody know off the top of that? That's another thing, too, because... He's fairly young, isn't he? Nah, he's probably like 32. But Velveteen Dream's like 22. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a young guy, so there's a lot of years... To go with him. But when you say that, you can always so say, like... Oh, Adam yeah. Cole's only 28. Oh, really? So I thought he was a little older than that. Panama but even, even still... Well, I personally haven't seen anything yet that has made me want to invest in Adam Cole. And especially Kyle O'Reilly. I've been out on that for a while. I can't wait to send you that video. Yeah, I mean, send me, send me whatever you think I need to see. I will watch it with an open mind. But I will tell you, it's a tall task to change my mind. Um... Any other questions? That's it. Are you ready for Stump Alo? Yes. Prep, are you ready for Stump Alo? <laughs> I'm always ready for Stump Alo. <laughs> so, question from Joe Laugh, Godfather of the Podcast. At 2000, I, I'm just seeing the year, and I already know you're going to know this. At 2001, Unforgiven, <laughs> who wrestled for the WCW Tag Team Titles? You want the whole card, too? <laughs> I have three matches on here. It, it, was, it was the Undertaker. No, wait, wait, wait. Okay, yeah. Undertaker came versus Chronic. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the other three matches. I can that name are, you the whole card, Ron. The other three matches that are on this screenshot he sent me are the, no, the uh, Intercontinental uh, Championship I, I, match. Are you, are you want me to tell you what that is? And the Hardcore Championship match. And handicap match for I guess the WCW okay, World yeah, Championship. Yeah, the hardcore title match was Jericho and RVD. The mm-hmm. IC was Edge versus Christian. Edge was the champion. Uh, WCW title was The Rock against Shane Mann and Booker T. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opening match was a fatal <laughs> four-way for the tag team titles. The Hardys, <laughs> the Hardys challenge, the Hardys Dudleys, 
um, Big Show with his tag team title, tag team partner Spike Dudley, <laughs> and I think the other team was Hurricane and Lance Storm. Yes, I think okay. <laughs> uh, Raven versus Perry Saturn with Moppy. And who else? <laughs> huh? And who else? There's more matches. No, who else was there? Oh, Terry was in Raven's corner. <laughs> and I th- oh, and, and Tajiri versus Rhino for the U.S. title, and Kurt, Kurt Angle versus Austin for the WWF title. Did you give me the Intercontinental title? Mm-hmm. Yes. Edge okay. versus Christian. U.S. title was Rhino versus Tajiri. Okay. Yep. With Tori Wilson. The whole card. Do you know the, you know the Heat match? Um, <laughs> I don't. Okay. Still, excellent job. In America, in America the Beautiful was sung before this show. <laughs> Billy Gunn versus Tommy Dreamer. Okay. Uh, excellent work, Alo. You have defeated Stump Alo once again. Very impressive performance. Masterfully. It was. Yeah, that was a virtuoso performance by by Alo. That match with Chronic was horrible. <laughs> um, that's everything we got. LeBron hit a game me, winner. Did he really? Mm-hmm. So yeah, LeBron. You're probably on a high right now. You're up three games to two going back to Indiana. Uh, you might, I don't know, that you have one day between games. If you're free on Thursday, we're available for you to sit on the throne and do it unsanctioned. If not, we will wait a couple weeks till you show up here during the conference finals against the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, How about the Thunder, man? Mm. Yeah, fell apart. Yeah, they're down at the half by 15 right now. So that's over. Yeah. They're not coming back. Yeah, my rookie of the year from last month. <laughs> from Mitchell last month. Is leading the, the, <laughs> leading the Utah Jazz to the second round. And Paul George, come on, L.A. What happened to Playoff P? Huh? Playoff P. He has not shown up. Well, not that he hasn't shown up. It, but. It's just something about Russell Westbrook. Man. Like, every t- he just looks worse and worse every time. Because like last year he had Victor Oladipo. And then this year he break when this season he breaks out and now he had Paul George and Carmelo. I kind of it's hard to kind of judge this season because I think it's Billy Donovan, but at the same time with Paul, with Russell Westbrook's track record, you can kind of give some blame to him. And then Melo, that's more to Billy Donovan as well because Melo's just standing there basically doing nothing, becoming a spot up shooter or whatever. But they they, they look bad right now. Russell Westbrook he, since he's a player. Even though Bill, I believe Billy Donovan will probably get fired, but Russell Westbrook is still going to take heat for this. And I think Paul George will come to L.A. And instead of trust the process, I'm starting a hashtag, trust the progress. For <laughs> it's a good hashtag. Yeah, because I, I, I don't want LeBron. Just give me Paul George, and New Orleans may not max out Boogie Cousins. So I'm not sure if the Lakers have Boogie Cousins on their radar, but I'll take Paul George. But don't overspill this free agents because it's still next offseason. And sh- just trust the progress. Yeah, well, you know what? It'll be fun if in three or four years we have an east-west feud between the Philadelphia 76ers and the L.A. Lakers. That yeah. would be a, a lot of Because I think the Lakers are, like, the next team up because, like, they're building and they have, like, the best young talent kind of in the Western Conference. And they're, like, they're rising up. And I believe if they didn't ha- have all those injuries, they would have finished 500. Because they, they had a lot of injuries. Ingram got hurt at the end of the season. Lonzo got hurt again. Isaiah Thomas got hurt at the end of the season. They were like real, they were like really stretching it for the last few months, few weeks of the season. Still finished 35 and 47, but I think they would have been like 40, 42 or 41 and 41. Then they ended up having a better season than 
I know than I expected I, than probably I, I, almost anybody. Yeah, I said win thirty games, I'll be happy as long as I saw improvement. And like I was looking at Brandon Ingram, and then Kuzma, he kind of surpassed everybody's expectations because they basically turned D'Angelo Russell and Mozgov's terrible contract into Brook Lopez and Kyle mm-hmm. Kuzma, and then they have Cleveland's first round picks. So maybe they could get somebody get somebody good for that because they do a good job of drafting later and later in the first round. Yeah. Um, so WWE. I assume it'll probably be a relatively fun show on Friday. I won't sit down and watch it, obviously. I'll be at work at noon on Friday. Probably watch it in little bits over the weekend, and I'll have seen it all by the time we're here next Wednesday. Uh, Get your act together for Monday and Tuesday next week, though, please. Brian Gerard James, I know you're listening. Take some of our advice or take a little more of our advice. Uh, So listen to Falls Count Anywhere with Russ and Matt. Listen to The Perfect Edge with Donovan. Throwback Madness, unsanctioned. Subscribe on iTunes, five-star ratings and reviews. Check out Elroy Prepson on YouTube, Alo, little merch to move. Webmaneuver.net to embrace the madness and collarandelbow.com, promo code MADNESS for 10% off your So that's the show for Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepaguina, international superstar. For Alo Aaron Lloyd, we call him Alo. But the ladies <laughs> call him Balo. I love how you slowed it down. <laughs> I wanted to try something a little different. Uh, I am Ron Pashery. And we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope by the land with elbow. Got him now. Put him down right now. Hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band. Y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman. It's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man. Man, I hate my balls. Shut the mystery man. It ain't safe to land. Off the cell. Fans love it. Ain't hard to tell. Talking madness. Awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man. Y'all off the smell.